I'm Dora Vandekamp. I have been on a mission for the last 16 years to discover the world's most powerful beauty secrets. The Biohack Your Beauty podcast is a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. And now, on to the show. Hello, Kayla. How are you today? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure. I'm excited for our conversation. I am so excited too. I feel like we are going to cover so much juiciness and we're going to learn so much today. I know you have so much wisdom to share. I don't even think we'll be able to pack it all into an hour, but yeah, I'd love to just get started with telling us a little bit about your story. You are super passionate about the mind and the brain, and especially as it pertains to women and even as we've talked a little bit before, you talk about women's cognitive superpowers. So I'm very excited to talk about that as a woman, but I'd love to hear a little bit about how you came to be so passionate about this. Yeah, sure. Um, Thank you so much. And these are my favorite things to talk about. So I'm excited to be able to share with you and with your audience as well. I know you have mostly a female audience. And so it'll be really, really fun to dive into some of the topics that I don't always get to talk about in the world of biohacking, um, because not all men are very interested in the female biorhythm and how amazing we are. (laughs) Um, Some of them are though. Uh, So um, I have been trained across the health sciences um, traditionally. So I have a bachelor's in health ecology. And um, from there, I actually worked in um, a clinical setting for several years in undergrad preparing to go to physical therapy school. Um, And then during that time, I actually had something happen in my family. Um, My mom had an overdose on opioids and she um, has been an opioid addict for, for a big portion of her life and struggled with that. And I was very, um, I was very disappointed and angry with our health systems, which was largely responsible for her addiction. Um, and uh, funny enough, all of her um, all of her drugs were supplied legally by doctors. Um, and so I was I was just kind of disheartened by our health systems and the way that they do not work um, and disempower a lot of people. And so I switched gears and I went into public health um, and I studied to get my master's in public health um, and epidemiology. And then from there, I went on to work for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for several years um, as a health scientist. And when I was there, I got to work um, across the spectrum of health, but I worked primarily in global health and um, and I worked on the various emergency responses in different capacities. So I started by working on the Zika response. I worked on um, both of the Ebola emergency responses, and then I worked on the COVID response 
um, briefly before I left CDC to fully go out into the world of entrepreneurship and um, to complete the, the last couple of years of my doctoral degree, um, which is in neuropsychophysiology. And so that's where I am now. Um, and over the past several years in my research um, in neuropsychophysiology, I focused primarily on the female brain and the female mind and how a woman's biorhythm and her biochemistry and her neurochemistry and her physiology and the ebbs and flows that happen within a woman's body, how that really determines every single thing about her life, including her brain function, her cognition, her energy levels, her metabolism, her satisfaction, her fulfillment, her success, everything is determined by a woman's biorhythm. And so just really diving deep into that research over the past six years has been a passion of mine and um, part of my education um, in my doctoral degree. And I've kind of pulled it all together to give some education and learnings for women um, specifically about how they can operate in their lives to align with their biorhythm and actually tap into these very specific extra abilities or superpowers that women have, um, you know, that the other half of the population doesn't necessarily have access to. Oh my gosh. So good. So many things. First of all, I can only imagine just the vast experience that you have had in just, even just working in the field that you've worked in and working for the CDC and especially with what is going on, you, I can only imagine what insight you have into all of this. And, and, um, it's such an interesting time to be in the, even just in the field of health yeah. because it is so mind blowing <laughs> every day. I'm like, what the heck is happening? So I love that uh, you have that background. I feel like that's amazing. And then biorhythm. So tell us what is biorhythm? What does that mean? Yeah. You know, it's really funny um, because I'm just going to give myself as an example, but I think a lot of women will resonate with this and have pretty much the same story, which is um, we don't, know what our biorhythm is, nor have we ever been taught. And looking back at my educational path, you would think somewhere along there that I would have learned about my female biorhythm. I would have learned about at the very least, just my hormone cycle. Um, and I, I never learned that. And even in my doctoral program, none of the traditional coursework ever goes over this. Um, nothing in my master's, nothing in my bachelor's, definitely nothing in primary school ever taught me about the biochemical, neurochemical, and physiological changes that happen within my body over the course of a month as a actively cycling female. And then not only that, but there is also a life biorhythm that women have. Um, and so they go through different phases of their lifetime where their biorhythm and their, their cycle changes um, in all of these different areas and timelines of their life, which does have an impact on everything about them. Um, so what I like to say is that um, women are pretty much taught to behave and to, to be small men, um, but we're not. Women are not small men. Um, we're very, very different. 
we thrive in a very different setting. We have a very different set of just basic biological needs. Um, and our biorhythms are very, very different. And, you know, a man's biorhythm is what runs him and a woman's biorhythm is what runs her. So we both have a biorhythm, but they're very different. Um, and the, a man's biorhythm is really the only one that is supported in our modern society, in especially work situations, um, school situations, any kind of organizational setting and infrastructure um, and schedule and workflow is really set up around a man's biorhythm. And so kind of looking back culturally um, and through history, it makes sense why that's the case because when all of these systems and infrastructures and things were set up, um, primarily men were the ones who were operating in them. So it made sense that it was based on their biorhythm and in support of their biorhythm. But now it doesn't make any more sense because women are just as much in the workforce and out in society and in leadership roles as men are and we all have to operate in this design that is not actually supportive of the female biology and biorhythm so just like very basically a man's biorhythm is a repeating 24-hour cycle so every day a man's biorhythm repeats and so looking again out into our world we see that the way that it operates is on a repeating daily schedule of repeating daily system, repeating daily routines and expectations and all that. Um, well, a woman's biorhythm, she also has a 24-hour repeating circadian rhythm like a man does. However, her hormones and biochemistry and neurochemistry and physiology don't follow that same leader like a man's does. It follows a different biorhythm leader, which is led by two very important hormones, estrogen and progesterone. And these two hormones are the leader and determine everything about a woman throughout her entire life, not only just when she's actively cycling. But most of us don't understand what these two hormones mean and exactly how they impact us and how they ebb and flow and what that means for our daily operation and what that means means for our environments that we need to be in to actually thrive. Oh my God. It makes me so fired up. <laughs> Just get so fired up, right? Because even in the biohacking community, so much of what we hear, what we are reading about, it's all oriented towards males, towards yeah. men. And so just what you're doing. It just is amazing. It's so incredibly important and vital. And even when we think of like how much women do, right? Like we are leading, we are entrepreneurs and we're raising children and we're, you know, saving the world and we're creating more compassion and in so many different areas of, of this culture that we are building together. So it's so, so important. Tell us a little bit about progesterone and estrogen. What are these hormones? What do they do? Why are they important to know about? Yeah, um, I love this topic. And, um, but I would love to back up a little bit because something, a couple of things that you said are really, really important and key for, for folks to know, to understand 
one, um, you know, the status of women, where we are and where we're headed if things don't change. And then also to understand how we can support the women in our world to actually step into leadership roles, which I would argue women are actually born for. And I'll give you the reasons exactly why that is the case. But first, going back to what you said about the biohacking world, and it's absolutely prevalent in the biohacking world, in the coaching world, in the personal development world, in the, in the health um, world in general, um, there is something that is happening that is disempowering women. And it's not from a place of being malicious. I think that all of those biohackers and, um, and health coaches and all of these people who really support people's growth and help them to be healthy, they are well-meaning and they are doing the best that they can with what they know. Um, and something that most folks are unaware of is that there's a huge gap in health science and in clinical research. And it is women. Women are a giant, giant gaping gap in the evidence base for health-related research. So what I mean by that is looking back historically, since the beginning of time, women, because we are very biologically complex and because we are changing throughout the course of a month, we are never um, technically the same person every day. So it's very hard to do research on us um, because we're ever-changing research subjects. We're also very risky research subjects when we are of childbearing potential because um, we don't want to, the researchers don't want to impact our ability to become pregnant or if we are pregnant or get pregnant during the study, that's a very high risk. Um, so for those reasons, women have been left out of the clinical research. And actually in 1977, the FDA formally banned women of childbearing potential from all clinical research. Wow. And that actually remained in effect until the early 90s. Women's activism overturned that in the early 90s. However, at that point, the damage was already done. And until this day, women are largely left out of the clinical research for the same reasons, same two reasons, um, which I understand and I, I sympathize with because I am a researcher. Um, however, it doesn't make it moral or ethical or okay. And it still leaves us as women kind of stumbling around in the dark. And so when we look at you know, all of these health recommendations, and ideas and especially diets like the keto diet and low carb or carnivore um, or these exercise routines or these supplements that they that folks are really you know they swear by and say that work and you take them every single day well none of that is tailored to women because the research doesn't represent us and so actually by giving those recommendations um, it can be very very um, disempowering but it can also be very, very dangerous for a woman's body, for her biology, and especially for her hormones. So we have to really take into account that at this current point in time and in history, we are not represented in the clinical research. So when your favorite influencer or coach or even health expert is giving advice, especially when it's to do something 
every single day. Just know as a woman, take that into consideration and take into consideration what we'll learn about our biorhythm in, in a little, in a few minutes. Um, but take that into consideration and just understand that it might not make sense for you. It might not make sense for your biology. And likely it's not going to make sense for you every day, even though during some parts of your cycle, it will work really well. And then some other parts of your cycle, it might not work very well. So the key for women is to have flexibility with themselves, to be in an environment that allows flexibility for them as much as they can have that. And I'm not only talking about health stuff, I'm talking about working environments, relational environments, um, home environments, all of these things. Um, and just be patient and kind with yourself because it's going to be a trial and error. And that's why I actually think biohacking is much more important for women than it is for men, because we have to do self-experimentation. We have to find out what works for us. We have to find out what works for our specific biorhythm, which every woman's is different. And so there unfortunately is no one size fits all, especially for women, I would argue for everyone. Um, but you know, for men, these things can work a lot better because they're repeating every day, 24 hours. So they're on the same cycle every day. And so doing the same routines day in and day out typically work really well for them and their biorhythm. Oh my gosh, it's so fascinating. It makes me think too, like we are carrying the babies that are literally going to carry this world on. Right. And I think there's such a disconnect just in our culture. I mean, the birthing system is disgraceful. It is beyond disgraceful in our culture, but this disconnect between the welfare of women, the well-being of women and the, their health and how they are, I think how they thrive and, and the children that they're carrying. I mean, that is such an important, important component. And so the fact that there isn't that support for that biorhythm, that aspect that is like running everything, it could, it could literally change everything, right? It has the power to really transform the way that our children are born. And, and, and yeah, so, so that's one thing. And then it makes me think of fasting as well, because fasting, especially in the last few years has become like really, which is amazing, right? Because fasting is a, an amazing healing tool. And that's the thing, because I feel like every woman I've talked to about fasting has a different experience with it. Every single one of them. It's and that makes a lot of sense. I think by the end of this conversation, every woman who's listening is going to go like, oh, yes, thank you. I knew that about myself and now it makes sense. Um, and there's a really good reason for that, which is that women are biochemically speaking four different people with four different sets of biological needs throughout the course of a month. So if you just think about it in the, at that very basic level, you can understand that fasting every day during all four phases, of course, of course, is not going to work for you. Absolutely not. And in fact, it's very dangerous. Um, over time, it's going to cause a lot of imbalance. It's going to cause adrenal burnout. It's going to cause hormonal burnout. And a lot of health issues follow from there. Um, I have been amongst 
many women who are misguided, um, myself, I would say even up until about four years ago, I was living in complete disregard of my biorhythm. I was living out of alignment, out of balance. I was ignoring all the cues that my body was giving me. And I was following all of the recommendations by these big influencers and biohackers and health experts and actually following the science that I knew and learned about my biology. So yes, it all made sense based on my very extensive education. However, my extensive education never once touched on the topic of women being biologically different. And so that's where we dropped the ball in the education system. That's where we dropped the ball in these health education, um, like public health education campaigns. And that's where we dropped the ball even as individual influencers and educators. It's not something that can be ignored. And it's actually going to harm people if you ignore this um, because it's half of the population. So it's not like we're talking about a very small niche group. We're talking about half of the population that can be negatively impacted by some of these recommendations and some of these um, lifestyles that are really not going to support a woman's biorhythm. Yeah. It's so, it's such a fascinating topic too. I mean, I think that could be a whole episode in itself, just to this, the dynamics right now, especially with kind of the, the climate, political climate we're into, where yeah. it's like recognizing that women's bodies and men's bodies are very different. Right. And, and for many reasons, there's very good reason for that too. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I would say that um, right now is a very, very important and interesting and opportune time um, to make changes um, because of what we experienced with COVID and because of all of our cultural systems and ideas and programming is really changing right now. Um, we have an opportunity to make profound changes and it's not going to cause a big upheaval. It would actually be quite easy to do so right now. So I would say right now is the time to bring this information forward, to share it, to spread it, and actually take some actionable steps to make changes to support the women in our societies. Um, because I really don't believe that any of this has happened maliciously. Um, I think it has been an oversight and some of it is, um, is just by going with what's easy. Um, and some of it's cultural and some of it is um, experiential and it's not on purpose, but it doesn't mean that we can ignore it because we're eventually going to have a whole half of our population that is very, even more sick than it already is um, and is not functioning well. And now if we can bring um, the women up to be supported where men are, right? So we have men who are in leadership roles and we have masculine leadership, which is amazing and powerful and absolutely needed. And now we need women to come up here and be healthy and meet with the men and have feminine leadership, which is different than masculine leadership, but together the two are very powerful and that is what will evolve our societies forward. Mm, so good. I love that. And I love how you laid it out because yes, they complement each other. Yes. They complement each other. They're magic together. They're magical. Yes. So if there are any men tuning in that have still made it to this point, do not tune out. 
Because if you have a woman in your life, what's in any capacity, right? If you have a mom, a sister, a daughter, a partner, a colleague, um, or if you have employees who are women, it will benefit you to learn a little bit about a woman's biorhythm, about her body, and how best to support the women in your life. And if you are a woman, then take that same grace with yourself and begin to partner with your body, learn about your body. And I hope that by the end of this, you will see your body and your biorhythm in a whole new light that makes you have a new level of respect and regard for how amazing this body is that we've been gifted and blessed with. And now we can learn how to operate and come into partnership with it. Amazing, yes, yes, everybody out there, heed the call. So let's talk a little bit more about biorhythm and how that works. What is that? And um, maybe even talking a little bit more about progesterone and estrogen, because I think so many people, maybe they've heard it here and there, but knowing what that means for a lot of people, it's like, what is that? What does that even mean? Yes. Absolutely. So um, biorhythm is probably a new term for a lot of women. So we can refer to it also as our hormone cycle and the impact that our hormone cycle has. So it's greater than just the hormone cycle, which is the ebb and flow of our female hormones throughout the course of a month. Um, That's our hormone cycle, right? But the biorhythm is the greater um, impact that that hormone cycle has on everything else in our body, our psychology, our brain function, our brain chemistry, our brain electricity, um, and our biochemistry at large, um, as well as our physiology. So I refer to the biorhythm as the whole um, ecosystem that we run on and that we operate on as a woman. So if we're talking specifically about the hormones, which are the driver of this whole entire biorhythm, again, we're talking about estrogen and progesterone. These are the two key players, though we have some others, luteinizing hormone and FSH, um, follicle stimulating hormone, um, that are also important. We also have ebbs and flows in testosterone that's important. Um, But for this conversation, we're not going to dive into all of that because there's a lot to go over just with estrogen and progesterone and just with the ebbs flows um, during the phases of our biorhythm. So most women like me until a few years ago, which is silly, um, I didn't even know that I had four phases of my biorhythm. Um, I think a lot more women know that now because there are like apps and different things out there to track, especially um, if you are working on your fertility, you probably understand that you have four different phases. Um, But the way I'm going to talk about the phases is a little bit different than what's out there because I'm going to bring in all the different aspects of what happens in our body. Um, And I am going to go over it Um, at a very high level because it's intricate and complex and beautiful. um, And we we need a lot longer to to really dive in. But again, we're gonna focus on estrogen and progesterone. So starting with phase one, which is typically the only one that women are aware that they have is the menstruation phase. So that is when we are actively bleeding. That's when we have our period. That is when we are shedding our uterine lining. I actually call this phase the shed phase because not only are we shedding the uterine lining, but it's actually a time metaphorically for shedding in all aspects of our life. And 
I'll give a better example of that in a minute and you'll understand. But what happens during this phase specifically is that estrogen and progesterone are at their very lowest level of the monthly cycle. They're not gone, but they are at their lowest level. And so what we have to understand about estrogen and progesterone is that these two hormones, these two biochemicals impact everything about our physiology and our brain function and really modulate what happens in our brain because we do have high densities of estrogen and progesterone receptors in very important areas of our brain that are involved in leadership specifically in decision making and emotional intelligence in um, scanning and um, and understanding how to respond to the environment and with our nervous system as well and so um Namely, the hippocampus and the hypothalamus have the highest densities of receptors for these two female hormones. So you can understand that when they change, when they go up or down, that those areas of the brain, the function is also changed, which is actually a beneficial thing, um, which we'll talk about, but, um, but it's really important to understand that. And that's the same thing that we see throughout our whole body. So our metabolism is tied into these hormones. Um, so our metabolism is either brought up or down. Our nervous system is tied into these hormones. So our parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system is activated or deactivated during certain times. And our bioenergetics is determined by these hormones as well. So our energy levels and ATP production are also very dependent on the levels of these two hormones. So going back to menstruation, phase one, our estrogen and our progesterone are at their very lowest level of the whole month. So what happens is that we naturally experience lower energy levels. We have lower production of ATP. We also experience a lower metabolic function. And so our metabolism and actually our energy um, requirements are lower during this phase. So because we have a lower metabolism, we have a lower um, energetic output. We naturally experience lower energy levels. And it doesn't, it isn't throughout like the entire five-ish days of this phase, but it's prominent during, especially right in the middle of it. So what we can understand as women is that naturally our body is creating an environment where we have lower energy and that is done by design. Our body is so brilliant. However, we don't listen to it. We do the opposite. We're like, oh, I have lower energy. Great. I'm going to drink three extra cups of coffee today. I'm going to take all of my nootropic stacks. I am going to work out really, really hard. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to shine blue light in my eyes. I'm going to do everything I can to wake up and have the same amount of energy during this phase that I do during all the others. And what we don't understand is that's actually battling against our biology. It's going against the flow of the river. We're swimming up river. We're utilizing even more energy that we don't have during that phase and we're wearing ourselves down. We're burning down our adrenals. We're burning down our hormones. We're causing a lot of distress and inflammation in working this way. And on the flip side of that, we're missing out on what our cognitive superpower is during this specific phase. So again, going back to the body, how brilliant it is. It is designed and it is yelling at us 
slow down, do less, and go inward because the superpower, the benefit of this phase, when we look at the brain function of a woman, when we looked at the brain scans of women, we can see that our superpower that comes online during this phase specifically is enhanced cognitive empathy, which is a fancy scientific term for intuition. So during this phase, our superpower is intuitive insight, the ability to forecast, the ability to analyze and decide how to allocate resources appropriately. It's the time to cut the fat. So again, the shedding process, what's working for me, what's not working for me. However, to access the superpower and actually utilize it in our life, we have to listen to our body. We have to give our body what it needs. We have to meet our basic biological needs during this phase. We have to slow down. We have to do a little bit less and we have to go inward to benefit from the superpower of this space. Oh my God. That's so amazing. It's so amazing. And just looking at the way that we, even our systems are designed, what we were saying before, how it doesn't support women's biorhythms, a nine to five work day, every day is the same, right? Like you're expected to put out the same level of in energy, the same output, the same productivity. And even as an entrepreneur, as a coach, there's so much pressure, right? Be productive, work hard, be yes. disciplined, wake up early, but it doesn't necessarily help you if you're in this phase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it's um, so it's funny because modern science is starting to catch up to what we used to know in ancient times, <laughs> right? Um, about how brilliant a woman's biorhythm and body is and how our body is a very advanced technology for leadership specifically. So just looking at the menstruation phase and the benefit of that phase, which is something, you know, that it took a lot of different research and pulling from different, um, different sources and different literature and a deep dive and, you know, six years of pulling together all this information to understand exactly how it all fits together. But the evidence is, is there within our modern, modern science and our modern research. It's just not put all together in a beautiful, comprehensive place until now. Um, and, and that's actually something that I um, teach and offer in, in my program, uh, the Leadership Biorhythm, which we'll talk about. Um, but when we look back historically, in especially in modern or in ancient um, tribal times, we can actually see that this was common knowledge then and that the tribes actually lived their lives and their lifestyles in accordance to a woman's biorhythm so that they could benefit from the superpowers of women and their ability to lead. So going back to ancient tribal times, have you ever heard the story um, of the red tent? I have, yes. Okay. So the red tent is a story that many people are probably familiar with, especially women. However, it's been a little misconstrued over time. And now it's been kind of this tale about the woes of a woman's period and women being shunned to go off by themselves and have their periods um, in the red tent because, you know, it's, it's inconvenient. 
Um, but that's actually not the truth. That's not the true story. The true story actually illustrates the power of a woman's biorhythm and the ability of women to lead and lead very well. Um, so in ancient tribal times, all of the women in the tribe who were of childbearing potential, they would cycle at the same time. And so all of their phases were pretty much happening all together at the same time. And so they would go through the menstruation phase at the same time. So all of the women, um, because back then we did not have endocrine disruptors and we didn't have all of these lifestyles that put us out of alignment with our biorhythm. So they were all in sync with each other. So when all of the women would go into the menstruation phase together, again, their hormone levels would be at their lowest level of the month. The tribes understood the power and magnitude of this very special time of the month. And they would send all of the women who were cycling together to a place, probably wasn't a red tent, who knows what it was, but they would all go to a place and gather so that they could use that cognitive ability. They could use that intuitive insight that comes online during that phase and they would actually get together and they would brainstorm and they would create the plans using their intuitive insight for the tribe for the next 28 day cycle. And that's how the tribes thrived because they lived in accordance to a woman's biorhythm and they benefited from a woman's intuitive insight that comes online during that phase. And now I haven't found evidence of it, but I'm sure they benefited from all the different phases of the women in their tribe and the benefits that they have because they were all cycling together and they really understood the power of feminine leadership. Um, and they partnered masculine and feminine leadership together and they were able to have um, a lot of success and a lot of balance within the tribe and community itself. So fast forward to now, we can start to see by using brain imaging technology, which is something that I do myself and something that I research and study. So I love looking at the brain, how it functions, and especially the difference between men and women's brains and how they operate. So now we can see that these different areas of the brain, the function is changed throughout the course of a month for women and actually brings forward some very interesting benefits that if we align with our biorhythm, we can tap into them and utilize them to have more success, to have a better mood, to have more balance, to have less pain, to have better health, better relationships, more success, all of these things. Our biorhythm really is the key to it, but it's a matter of understanding it, listening to our body and coming into partnership with it. So that is um, what I am very passionate about and bringing that um, kind of that ancient understanding into modern, into the modern world and backing it up with the evidence base, backing it up with as much science as there is, which again, we know that there's a big gap, but as much as science and evidence that we can bring in to bolster and to reveal um, the powers that women have access to. Wow. And so it's so fascinating. And I think I've heard recently too, that some companies are giving their employees leave if they want to take mm -hmm. off time during their menstrual cycle, Wow, which is very amazing. Right. And you think even just 
working from home on a day like that or cutting back, you know, if you can not going to the gym or doing a lighter workout or going to bed a little earlier, drinking less coffee, those kinds of things. Those are some things I can think of. What are some other ways that women can kind of honor their biorhythm? Yes, absolutely. So that is so important. Those little tweaks that you mentioned, that's really what it's about. It's about listening to the cues that our body is already giving us and going with the flow of the river instead of swimming up river. And so just starting to listen to those little things that your body is already telling you that we ignore and we're like, no, 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 that we, we don't have time to rest. Um, you know, uh, so it's about listening to it. So in the menstruation phase, you know, your energy levels are naturally lower and it's about leaning into that instead of battling against it. So yeah, cutting back on the amount of stimulants that you take during that time, giving your body the nourishment that it needs and that you feel that you need during that time, which will actually become healthier and healthier as you come into your, into balance with your biorhythm. Whereas a lot of women are out of balance with their biorhythm right now. And so what they crave is the opposite of what their body actually needs. So again, just a perfect example in menstruation is that our metabolic function is lower. Our metabolism is lower. Our need for energy intake, our need for food is lower. So actually a really great time to fast is during menstruation, but that's the opposite of what we typically do. We We typically, (laughs) yeah, we typically eat all the sugar and all the carbs because we're out of balance and we're trying to battle against that energy, that fatigue, that, um, and, and fatigue is actually a sign of imbalance, but lower energy is natural. So it's about listening to what your body is telling you and trusting that it is intelligent and that it is telling you the right thing. And over time in creating a partnership with your biorhythm, you'll be able to start trusting your body and what it's telling you. Mm-hmm. So just quickly, I'll just run through the other three phases quickly, just to um, kind of round that out so that women can get an idea about the whole biorhythm. Um, but going into the next phase after menstruation is the follicular phase. During this phase, estrogen is rising to a peak. And so as estrogen rises during this phase, and estrogen is really the key player in the follicular phase. So it's the star of the phase. Um, and as estrogen rises, our energy levels are going to begin to rise as well. So again, having longer hours or holding longer hours is going to be easier and feel better throughout that phase and doing things you'll want to start to shift the way that you do things in accordance to the increase in your energy levels and the increase in your metabolism now there's a whole lot of other things that happen in our physiology that create all different kinds of opportunities for us to partner with our body in this phase um For instance, there's an increase in mood boosting neurochemicals during this phase. Um, And we, so we start to feel more energetic, but we also start to feel more social and we start to feel more like interacting. So working with a team during this phase and interacting with your team and actually taking, you know, if you were able to tap into that intuitive insight and create kind of some strategies. Now you can take those plans and put them into action during the follicular phase. So what I like to um, 
what I like to focus on during this phase is this is kind of the strategic phase. Our ability to navigate is much higher during the follicular phase. So we have this navigational ability, we have this ability to act strategically, and we can use that to our benefit. And then going into the next phase, which is ovulation. And this one I like to call the bloom phase because this is when we are feeling our best. This is when our estrogen is at its peak. This is also when luteinizing and luteinizing hormone and FSH rises to a peak as well. It's a very short phase, you know, between one and three days, but we can really take advantage of feeling very energetic, feeling very outwardly expressive, feeling very good. We can do those really heavy workouts, those HIIT workouts. We can um, give presentations and we can influence more effectively and our ability to be charismatic and magnetic during this time is heightened. So we should use that to our ability. Again, leaning into the flow of the river instead of battling against it. And then going from ovulation, the next phase is the luteal phase. And this one's my personal favorite, even though it's, it's not really usually <laughs> women's favorite phase, but it's my favorite phase because I've been a lifelong student and I've been um, all about learning my entire life. And I've been about educating too. And so this phase is, is really powerful for learning and educating. And the superstar of this phase is progesterone. So estrogen, again, is coming back down the other side of the curve, and it is lowering down as we head back towards menstruation. And so our energy levels and our metabolism starts to decrease during this phase, and it goes back down. But as that's happening, progesterone is rising to a peak. And progesterone does some really cool things to our body, to our metabolism, and to our nervous system, and also to our brain. And that's what I'll focus on because that is what I love. Um, and so as, or as progesterone rises to a peak, we see a nice boost in brain-derived neurotropic factor and neuronal growth factor two things that are very important in neurogenesis. It's also important in neuroplasticity. So our ability to actually regenerate brain cells and our ability to reshape our brain is heightened during this phase. So it's a great time for learning. It's also a great time for memory consolidation. Our brain's ability to consolidate memories is heightened during this phase as well. However, there's one caveat to be able to tap into these superpowers, just these specific ones involved with the brain, um, especially we have to get high quality sleep during this time, because during sleep is when memory consolidation happens. It's also when um, neural pruning happens. And so if we are able to get quality sleep during this time, we can actually really benefit from the learning and teaching um, abilities during this phase. And so our cognitive superpower during this phase is acuity. So that's kind of just a brief crash course of the female biorhythm and can give you a little taster for how amazing your body is. But there are all kinds of different things happening within our body throughout the course of a month. And again, different things happening in different lifestyle, or sorry, life, lifeline, lifetime phases, um, you know, pre-menopause and post-menopause. 
and perimenopause. All of these things, um, we have different aspects of what's going on in our biorhythm, what's going on with our biochemistry and brain chemistry. And so to really understand that is where we start to create a partnership with our body and start to be able to co-create our life with this amazing advanced technology and tool that we have been gifted with. I love the idea too of really looking at what phase you're in and then thinking like, what is the best way to like utilize this? How can I milk this for all it's worth until my next phase? Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm an, I'm a bit of an eternal optimist. So I love to see it that way too. Um, And if you can start to focus on what are the benefits of this phase rather than, oh, you know, what is holding me back during this phase? then you're really going to see magic happen in your life. And there is so much opportunity. And the further you are away from coming into partnership with your body, the more you have to gain. And that's why it's even more exciting. If if you haven't even started tracking your biorhythm, your cycle yet, that is totally fine. That's exciting to me because that means you have so much to gain. You're basically going from the ground floor and you have all hundred floors to rise up from there. So it's really, really exciting. And I love to watch women transform their lives by just making like one change in each phase, in each cycle. And over the course of a couple of months, their life just changes. And there's so much more vitality in them, so much more energy, so much more joy and, and satisfaction. Because when we're working at our best in each phase, We get so much more done in less time and we feel better and everybody around us benefits as well, which is a whole other aspect about women's psychology that we didn't even go into, but it's a whole other conversation, but, um, but everyone can really benefit when we start to partner with our bodies in this way. So cool. And yes, I agree. Even that sense, that sense of women have so many superpowers and the way that they impact the people around them and the communities around them and the children around them. It's, it's infinitely, there's so much potential. Uh, I would love it if you can talk a little bit about how would somebody begin tracking their cycle? What would be the way to do that? Yeah. So, um, there are several ways to do it. And I wouldn't say one way is better than, than another. And I also wouldn't say that there's an Uh, the best way to do it out there yet, though um, I am working with a biotech company to create something for women that would be really easy to do this. Um, So that's just a little teaser for hopefully next year that product will come out. But until then, um, there are way there are apps out there that you can use. Um, There are different cycle tracking apps. Most of them have to do with fertility specifically. So they're not going to give you all the information about your biorhythm, but they'll tell you at least about your hormones and help you to pinpoint what phase you're in. From there, you can start to um, take the information that I shared. And if you want to go deeper, you can um, join in my program, which is called Leadership Biorhythm for Women. Um, The website is herbiorhythm.com. You can read more all about it. Um, And that's when you can start to by knowing what phase you're in, you can start to design a lifestyle that is in alignment and meets your biological needs during each phase, but not only meet your biological needs, actually 
brings forward these superpowers that we're talking about, and you can actually have access and utilize them um, in your in your regular day to day life. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's it's so powerful too to have these resources because I think that in the world of health, right? Like we said, men have had these resources and us as women, we've kind of been like scrambling for the leftovers. And so it's just so beautiful to have that incredible support and resource. So, yeah. And you know, you can do it as basically as keeping a journal and just understanding, you know, when was the first day of your period, the last day of your period, if you actively have a period. Now, some women, um, because of birth control and different things, are not actively having, they're not actively bleeding, they're not actively shedding. However, they still have a menstruation phase. So it's really important to understand that as well. Um, so you can start to track it by your period. You can also start to track it by keeping a journal of how you feel throughout the month. Um, in my program, I go deep into the physiological and biological changes that happen during each phase. And so when you know that, you can actually track where you are by just keeping a journal, by understanding um, your metabolism, your heart rate, your heart rate variability, your um, respiration rate, how your nervous system is functioning, how irritable or Um, how much energy you have. And you can also know by how your brain functions as well. So you can start to track it um, in journal style once you, once you gain an understanding of how your body works. But if before all of that, if you just want to know what phase you're in, at least, um, you know, you can just use some of the apps, the, the clue app, I think is probably the best one out there right now. Um, And there'll be more and more coming out and So I hope to see more and more tools for us. Um, But the basal body temperature um, is another way that you can do it, where you can just measure your basal body temperature, which is your first temperature in the morning before you get out of bed, before you allow any blue light in your eyes, before you sit up and start your heart pumping, um, take your temperature and then write it down. Or there are some apps that will do it for you as well. That's another way to track um, your biorhythm and track where you are. Yeah. And that's a beautiful, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because just as far as birth control goes, I think so many women don't know that that's an option yeah. for birth control. They don't have to miss their period, right? It's, it's an option. So yeah, I love definitely. That. So I would like to ask you as we round up the, our, the end of our interview today, I want to ask you three questions that we ask everybody on the podcast. Since this is the biohack your beauty podcast, I want to ask you, what is your definition of beauty? Mm. My definition of beauty is a little bit of a nerdy one, I think. Um, And so it's, it's more along the lines of our inner beauty, which is again, understanding how gorgeous and beautiful and divinely designed this female body is that we have been given and then really honoring that. And so I think that the most gorgeous women I've ever seen really honor themselves and their body. And they have a really intimate relationship with their biorhythm. And it really shows in every aspect of their life. Not only are they outwardly beautiful because they feel better and they're healthier and more vibrant, but they also are brilliant. You know, their minds work very well and they're very sharp and capable and, and prolific leaders. So, um, 
that's my answer. <laughs> mm, I love it. It's so good. And it's, it's nerdy, but in like the best way. So uh, yeah. <laughs> um, second question, what is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? Mm. Again, I think it's just going to be to listen to your body because it's free and we all have access to it. And it's relatively easy if we will trust. Um, but yeah, creating that partnership with our body is the key to having better name it, everything, whatever it is that you want better of creating a partnership with your body and doing it together is going to give you that. Mm, oh my God. That needs to be like a quote somewhere. <laughs> That's so good. All right. And then last question, where can people find you and your program? Yes, absolutely. So if you go to herbiorhythm.com, biorhythm can be a little bit of a tricky spell, but I'm sure that you will find it. Herbiorhythm.com. Um, you can also connect with me on Instagram, biocurious underscore Kayla. I have all kinds of information there for our men and our women and everybody. Um, but herbiorhythm.com is where you can get more info about your biorhythm. And if from there, um, anybody is interested in joining the leadership biorhythm program, um, then I would love and so be so honored to have any of you. Enrollment is open right now. And I would love to offer um, your listeners specifically 10% um, off of their tuition and enrollment. And they can just use the um, word biohack um, when they check out and they'll get 10% off of their 12 month enrollment in the program. Oh my gosh. How amazing. Thank you, Kayla. I yes, know I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I love it. And that book sounds amazing. Everything you've shared today has been mind blowing. I know that every single person who listened today took away some gold. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your beautiful energy and your wisdom and your gifts and your feminine wisdoms. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And I love, love, love talking to other brilliant female leaders like you. So thank you for inviting me on. Thank you, beautiful ones for joining me today. Kayla also has an incredible free ebook called The Ultimate Women's Biorhythm Guide. You can text the word LEADER to 775-382-9222 to get a copy for yourself. And all of the links are in the show notes. In other news, the Biohack Your Beauty blog and store will be launching very, very soon at biohackyourbeauty.com. So follow me on Instagram for updates and upcoming news. I love you all so much. Till next week.